Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. And we're in the attic of the Nerd Lounge today. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's how you technically define it. We're in we're in the upper echelon of the Nerd Lounge. Let's, let's phrase it elegantly, I suppose. We're in Scarlet's Bakery. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we we really are. We're an, actually I would say we're not really in the bakery. We're in we're adjacent to it. We're in, we're, in, we're in a storage unit of the bakery because all of her all of her stuff gets put on this table. Typically, yeah. Usually, but not today. I cleaned it off. The other table we use is uh, Arts and Crafts Central right now. Yeah, well, you'll have that. A lot of stuff left over from the Father's Day gift that Short Round gave me. That is a door. I need to come down there and check that out. Yeah, when, and when, when we get done recording, we need to work on a. Uh, Similar one for mom as well. That'd we want to we want to hang them in there. Yes, uh, side by side. So oh, that'd just be adorable. We're we're looking for the Lego mini figs. Like it's you know how hard it is to find like female superhero mini figures. Oh, I imagine it's probably ridiculous. It is stupid. because like almost all Lego figures are like male for some. Yeah, reason. Like, I don't know why. And then you find one like oh that's a cool looking Wonder Woman, but that outfit that they've got painted on there looks stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this out loud. We should probably just start posting. We should probably just go ahead and post the last episode and then this next episode because it kind of doesn't look like this writer's strike is going anywhere anytime no, soon. No, and aren't the, um, isn't the actor guild getting involved now too? They're about to strike too, yeah. And uh, how's the DGA doing? Are they going <laughs> to? The DGA came to an agreement. But the writers and actors are like, nah. <laughs> and apparently the film industry gives zero fucks because all of the um, all the like producers and stuff, they're like, apparently they're like out on their yachts like it's vacation time. Is the in, is what the insiders have been hearing. <laughs> so basically the studios are. I guess the studios are kind of in a position to be like, well, until we run out of content to actually put out, we can kind of get away with just letting them be on strike. I mean, I guess that's how it's going to work. Oh, I, Lord. To be fair, I I mean, a lot of they have a lot. They have a lot of stuff at their disposal in the can. I mean, shit, even if Warner, if Warner Brothers really was so inclined, they could they could pull Batgirl back off of the shelf wherever they put it and put it back out. <laughs> they might like have to do that. <laughs> as like filler. So, I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten pretty weird. It's, I'm, there was an article the other day about how David Zaslav is the most hated man in Hollywood. <laughs> and I don't think that's, I don't really think that's unfair to say, but Honestly, at this point, I think all of the studios are kind of hated just equally by anybody who's not a studio executive or a producer. Right. Because, I mean, they're not getting paid what they should be. And until they run out of stuff to keep putting on streaming, there's really no... The studios really have no reason to come to a bar to come to a bargaining table. I mean, if they keep taking stuff off streaming, they're going to run out of things to keep on there. Uh, which is, yeah, I know. You'd think that would, you know, especially content that's only been on there for what twenty something days. 
Yeah, looking at you, Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, it's. <clears throat> it hasn't even had time to find its audience yet. It's an unsettling trend, and it's interesting because it's driving. It's driving a lot of piracy, not just online piracy, but bootleg piracy, which I sent you a message about. Um, apparently, like sixty something percent of all DVD physical DVD and Blu-ray physical releases currently are bootlegs of shows that the studios just have not put them out officially and people are kind of scared because they're like, well, this could just go away at any minute. So let's just buy a physical copy of it. Cause that won't go away. Mm-hmm. And I can't really argue that logic. No. I mean, there's quite a few movies I want to get like, just cause you know, I want to have the complete Marvel cinematic run. Same. But I haven't like, I probably haven't got, I don't think I have Miss Marvel. I don't think I have, I know I don't have multiverse of madness. Like there's a there's a certain point where I just stopped because it was just well granted I was I couldn't afford thirty bucks for a damn Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, but I mean now it's I mean it it's it's ironic that the boom of streaming has kind of circled back around to enabling to to kind of the very thing it was trying to destroy, they've kind of, you know, because streaming was supposed to be kind of, there was supposed to be no point to piracy because, you know, all of all of your content is right there on that streaming service, but now it's not. So piracy is all of a sudden a new necessary evil again. Yeah. So the very thing, <laughs> you became the thing that you were supposed to destroy. I don't know, something to that effect. Yeah, I still say piracy is the right course. I mean, I feel like it is. But, but hey, that's just me. I'm the asshole that watched a pirated copy of The Flash because I was not willing to give money to Warner Brothers for it. Oh, that's great. I'm still waiting on it to hit Max. And to be fair, it's not a, to be fair, it's not a terrible movie, which actually kind of leads me into my next plot point because this is officially the summer of mega blockbuster flops. <laughs> flops in quotes. Might, might I add, because here's here's the problem. And again, this is where I feel like studios might start might should probably be paying attention. But I don't think anyone's going to learn their fucking lesson, because if we've seen anything over the last few years, it's that Hollywood is terrible at learning lessons. Um, You've had, let's see, in a span of May and June, you had like at least. 10 to 12 really high-profile, high-budget movies all released basically one after another because it started with Guardians of the Galaxy and it, and it didn't stop until... Well, hell, I don't even think it's supposed to stop until like sometime in July, maybe even August. But like, there was Guardians, there was Fast X, there was um, Elemental, there was The Flash, there was Transformers, there was... Um, Indiana Jones. I and the problem is all of these films, every last one of them, cost between like one and over a hundred million to make. It probably you most of them between two hundred to three hundred million. And now you're surprised that they're not making the box office back that you put into them because you've got all of these films competing for. 
a small portion. You know the reason Avatar made a billion dollars? There was zero competition for it at the time. So everybody went to see Avatar. When everybody at the films, when everybody's going to the theaters seeing the same exact film, yeah, it's going to make its money back. You don't have that luxury when you're making 12, 3 million, $300 million films and people can only afford to go see one or two of them. They can't go see all 12. Right. Because, I mean, that's just that's just a reality. Most most working class families, if anything, can see maybe I'd say one film a month. And I would even argue that that's probably high. I mean, yeah, whenever you're going to go buy popcorn and it's a car payment. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. So, yeah, I don't think you should be shocked that, oh, well, the the Flash only made like a hundred million dollars. Well, yeah, because not everybody can go. I mean, to the Flash is probably a bad example because it's got a lot of troubles. Let's go with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones has only made like what a hundred million to like a hundred fifty million so far, and, it, and it's two drag. weeks out. But you, but again, there's so many films competing for space right now. You know what we chose to see in June? We chose to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Let me tell you what great decision, by the way. That film, that film needs the that, just, that film deserves the money. It was so good. Hey, look, see the bungo? It's like like why Blippi is playing bungo. Right. Bongos. Yes. Short round is watching Blippi in the Rhythm Discovery Center playing bongo drums. Ah. I want to play bongo. I want to play my songs. You want to play the bongos? Always one. That one. <laughs> well, if he takes the bongo in his room and he plays it, that could be the soundtrack to this podcast. Oh, good lord. Yeah, as long as he doesn't use the drumsticks on it. Oh, yeah, I suppose that wouldn't be good. Which is what he has been doing. Use your hands. Yeah, remember, this is a hand drum. Hand drum. Where are you going? Oh, getting your milk. Okay. You go ahead and do that, buddy. Hey, did I say you could join the party? You get down. Please get down. Thank you. Good boy. We're uh, taking a break to corral dogs and toddlers. Excuse us. <laughs> this this commercial break is brought to you... By ADD. <laughs> this, com this commercial break is brought to you by... Oh, look, a squirrel. <sighs> no, I'm, but anyway, but you see my point. There's, there's so many films competing for the same space. It's no wonder that, and of course, and it, it's a flop if it doesn't make its money back or at least break even. But there's only so much space to go around. Like I said, they need to, they need to pick which ones go to theaters and which ones don't. And then they need to like not try to compete with each other. I love that's the big thing. It's like, you know, like, let's, you know, sometimes when you see people adjust their release slate, it's because, oh, we're going to release Guardians Volume 1 same weekend as Avatar? Hell no. Right, exactly, yeah. So they need to be more mindful of that. And actually, like, if you're going to release a blockbuster like Spider-Verse, give it a few weeks before you try to drop Guardians and then another few weeks before Fast X. And another... To be fair, Guardians did well for two reasons. Number one, Everybody loves the Guardians. It's a good franchise. Everybody was going to go see it regardless. And 
it was the one at the top of all of every of everything. So it had a it had longer legs to get to to get to where it needed to be. Because the only competition was because Guardians released at the top of May. So the only thing even close to it was the Super Mario movie, which came out in like April. So at the time, it had no competition because Super Mario had been out for a month. See, and Mario. And Super, Mar- and Super Mario made like a, a gajillion dollars because it had no competition. There was nothing for it to compete with. Yeah, and if it were me, I, that's not one I would have put in theaters. Cute movie, better than it had any right being, but I would, that's not, to me, that's not the theater experience. No, but. Because your uh, audience is going to be a lot of kids. And that's going to be one of the most annoying theaters to sit in to watch a movie. <laughs> While I don't disagree with you, a lot of people did go see it in theaters. I know, they did. Obviously. <laughs> so um, More than went to go see the original. Well, that's for a whole different reason. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the theater to see the original. So. I did not. I just discovered it recently. And, oh my God, what a trip. That, that <laughs> film... That's a film you just have to watch to believe it. It, it like it should not exist. It's a journey. But it is it's not a great film, but it is a wild film. Oh, absolutely. I I enjoyed it for what it was. Well, who played Toad? I can't remember. It was the guy. Oh, wasn't it um No, no, no. I'm he sorry. He had the harmonica could... and everything cuz he played he was the musician. I'll look it up. But yeah, I love that. The fungus. Fisher Stevens was one of the Koopa kids. He was one, one of the Koopa's, Koopas right? kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toad was somebody completely different. Yeah, he was in the jail cell with him, and then he ended up becoming a Goomba. Right, 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 right. And they left the harmonica on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, that's, and I've, Again, I don't think Hollywood learned its... Basically, this is the summer where Hollywood shot its wad too quick because all of the studios released all of their films at once, and it backfired severely. But they're not going to see it like that. They're going to be like, oh, well, people aren't interested in this anymore. People aren't interested... No, it's because you fucked up and released all these films at the same goddamn time. I wanted to see Transformers. I wanted to see Indiana Jones. I wanted to see um, Elemental. But I also wasn't going to see all three of them in the same week. What the fuck? Right. So, uh, Toad was Mojo Nixon. Yeah, that's right. Yep. (laughs) That was just, again, such a weird... Why the fuck is Mojo Nixon in a fucking Super Mario Bros? Like he just, worked in the music department on it too. It's so weird. It's just a weird fucking film. I encourage everybody to watch it. It's so <laughs> weird. Not the new one, not the animated one, the old live action one from '93. Yeah, watch the first one before you watch down. the reboot. Hunt it down. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's a good time. You'll enjoy it, but it's fucking weird. Like, had it been anything other than Mario Brothers, it would probably be a cult film in. Well, it's yeah, I guess it kind of is a cult film now, but I mean, it kind of is, but like that audience is extremely small, and they don't boast about it. No, no, that's they're true. not doing shadow midnight shadow casts of of fucking Super Mario Brothers from nineteen ninety three. Are you kidding me? I want that's the very first thing I want Rift Tracks to do next. 
if they haven't already. Maybe maybe they have actually done a riff tracks of that film, but they that film deserves it. Oh my god. Actually, I think there is a riff tracks of it somewhere. But anyway, um, because I think that's what Pancake and I were watching. We started watching it for like five seconds before we got distracted. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's just like I said, it's the timing of this summer and the plethora of films that they just threw at us this summer. Now, I, you could kind of partially blame that on the fact that, you know, there's still kind of a semi backlog of films from like when the, all the theaters had to close down for basically a year and a half and couldn't show any fucking films in theaters. But you, I don't really know that you can say that anymore. Like I, I could have, I could have seen that argument for last year, but really there weren't that many films being released even last year. It feels like all of them dropped this year. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that was the, maybe that was the phenomenon. It's like, Hey, we've got all these films in the can. Let's throw them at everybody and make some money. Except that they didn't make it that much money. They all, well, they're still trying to, they're doing things the old way where you have, all right, here's the movie budget, but then there's X amount of that is also going to be marketing budget. And they're still doing marketing the same way, which is expensive. Yes. And when you spend a hundred million dollars on marketing. Yeah. They, what the studios need to do is they need to cut, they need to find a better way to do marketing costs for one, because that's, that is part of their problem. That's a very big part of their problem. And number two, they need to start reining in the budgets of these giant temple films in general. Because again, if you release, if you release 10, $300 million movies right in the same month as each other, nobody wins. So you either have to like, you have to a not do that and B bring the budgets down somehow. But how are you going to bring the budgets down when you're not paying the people what they're worth? Right. So something needs to give somewhere. I still say actors are getting paid too much in respect to everything, but it definitely in respect to like screenwriting and VFX and all that, like those people should absolutely be making way more money because I mean, yeah, I can have Ian McKellen in a film all day long, but you know, without something for him to say. Right. Well, even that, I'm, I'm hoping that they, uh, you get a union for all the people who make the movies. That's what really needs to happen. Because otherwise we'd be watching a bunch of people on green screen with fucking dots on their faces. Written by AI. Written by chat. GPT. Not even, yeah, not even written. Just like we've been watching these people act like we won't get to see Thanos. We'll just see Josh Brolin with green dots on his face. Yeah. Or we won't get to see Voldemort. It'll be Ray Fiennes with fucking dots so they can remove his nose digitally. Yeah. It just be it look like really weird Shakespeare. <laughs> and that's the and that's the other thing. Do the studios I, like? I don't understand. I don't understand this part of the arguments that. But I think that's just ignorance on my part because there's to me there's no possible way. Can you get down, buddy? 
Hey, no. Get off the table. Pause off the table. No. We're talking you, to a dog. You hear me. I know you hear me. Damn. Thank you. There's no possible way that ChatGPT can realistically create a film script or even or like movie scripts or anything like like TV series like there's like I don't understand how that's even an issue but I guess because I I guess it's because of like do the studios really think that they can just like oh we don't fucking need writers we got artificial intelligence now like I don't I don't see how that's really a viable thought and why has this stopped Oh never mind it's going it's just pausing for no reason. Oh, I'm sure there'll be some audio loss in here. Well, that's probably good because I was stuttering my thoughts anyway. But anyway. So I I believe the, the AI testing for uh, if it can write scripts or not has actually been has been done for years. Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay, that's they follow fair. a formula. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you're not wrong. Sorry if you've written a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's... Just know that you did, and you probably contributed to AI success in writing more Hallmark that's, Christmas movies. That's pretty much your first project once you read a writing for dummies book, isn't it? Screenwriting for dummies, like that's that's what you churn out first. Is I was thinking more like soap opera. I think you you churn out a soap opera script because they film like four hundred of those a day. <laughs> Are Hallmark scripts not soap opera scripts? Because I'm confused. They're all they're basically just as good. I would say soap opera has melodrama dialed up just a bit more. All right, fine. As where Hallmark has wholesomeness dialed up a bit more. I'm sorry. I'm I'm kind of sorry that we're shitting on soap operas in Hallmark because people <laughs> do actually work hard on those things. They I'm do. Sure. But I have on Pod Meets World, they've had some actors, like people who are guest spots or even extras on Boy Meets World. They've started out in soaps. Mm -hmm. And the joke is like, that's your that as an actor, there's your uh, boot camp because they film so many episodes a day. Sarah Michelle Gellar started on soaps. Yep. All my children. Yep. The guy that played Dracula on Buffy, that one episode was her boyfriend on all my children. Really? And he went on to do a movie about Dracula. About the actual uh, Vlad. Really? And I'll have to find the title of it. But yeah, it was the same guy. You gotta send me a link to that. I wanna. I, I need to hunt that film down now. But yeah. So oh, here's something we we're talking about. Just dialing back big budget movies. A friend of mine posted on. Uh, this is back from June 23rd, but it made me laugh. I'd forgotten how much Michael Bay, how much fun Michael Bay movies are. It's like someone gave a seven year old an unlimited pyro budget and told him to have fun. Basically, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, oh, that's funny. That's. That's pretty accurate, I'd say. I I would argue that about the Fast and the Furious movies as they've gone further and further, too. Like, it just, like, it seems like I've never seen a single one of the Fast and Furious movies, but just from the previews alone, it looks like they get ex exponentially more and more ridiculous as the series goes, which is why I want to watch them. Because I want to watch this first one about, you know, just dudes having an underground street race, and then all of a sudden... You're evading the cops, and Jason Momoa's there, and John Cena's fucking with your shit, and he's your brother, and, like, what? What's going on? I have no idea. <laughs> like, right? The it, it seems like the, 
And and The Rock is in a film with like grabbing two helicopters and smashing them into each other with his with the, with chains from his arms. Nonsense. All of it's absolute nonsense. Where did we get? How did we get from there to there? I I missed this, so I need to find out what's going on. <laughs> like it's just the most absolute blatant display of Hollywood physics ever in a in a franchise. I agree. Oh, and driving a tank on fucking ice where the ice is cracking all around it and shit. Oh, my God. Just every time I see a preview for one of those, I'm like, how in the... Yeah, it looks cool, but how the fuck did this work? This makes no sense. There we go. Rudolph Martin. Oh, yeah, there they are. On All My Children with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Huh. And there's a good side-by-side -side of him as Dracula. Oh, that's so adorable. That's and cute. there he is. He does look a little bit different as all goth out as Dracula, yes. doesn't he? And... He looked more like a uh, he looked more like a random California dude than the other one. Yeah, right. In the movie, looked like an extra from the OC. <laughs> What's it? It was called Dark Prince: The True Story of Dracula, shot in two thousand. Oh well, I'm gonna hunt that down. And authentic locations, I believe. I it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't bad. I remember watching it. What? What do you want? It was a TV movie, so don't expect. Oh, okay. Don't greatness, expect greatness, but it was good. It was a really good um, telling of the story. Well, of, if, there, if, if it was a TV movie, there's about a ninety percent chance it's on fucking YouTube <laughs> for free. God, I fucking love YouTube. Peter Weller's in it. Roger Daltrey's in it. Of all the places that, of all the things that I did not expect to inadvertently become film preservation places, YouTube is one of them. <laughs> because people upload stuff and like, like, since it was so, since it was such a, you know, like obviously if you were to upload Fast X to YouTube, it would be taken down immediately. But since these, since most of the shit that's being uploaded to YouTube is so under the radar Nobody gives a fuck about copyright infringement. They're like... Yeah, hell, um... So, one of the more recent episodes of Pod Meets World, they did a... They're doing Taking a Break between seasons. So they did a rewatch, or they watched Munchie Strikes Back. Oh my god, seriously? Because, uh, Natanya Ross... Yeah, was, was in it. She was on one of the episodes of Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. And they were going through her filmography, and they came across this sequel to munchie which was supposed to be a sequel to the munchies yep but nowhere no i loved munchies munchie not so much yeah munchies was great and the others were kind of eh but so they rewatched this munchie strikes back where the voice was uh dr johnny fever was the voice of munchie <laughs> nice the original munchie was dom de yes and that is the only claim to fame of that film oh no the puppet was awful it was, and I think it's a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, so you can't go in expecting Oscar caliber greatness. But that is on YouTube. If you want oh, to yeah, watch, yeah, if you yeah, want to watch sure. Munchie Strikes Back, I'm pretty sure all of the Munchie films are on YouTube. Are if you want to watch the Even My the Pet, if you want to watch My Pet Monster, the live action movie, that's on YouTube. Garbage Pail Kids, the movie, that's on YouTube. <sighs> that film deserves to be preserved. <laughs> it deserves something. So good. By good, I mean bad. Right. I'm sure Troll 2 is probably on there somewhere, too. 
possibly. Actually, I want to... I might be wrong about this, but I think the Troll movies are on Shudder, but I might be wrong. Yeah, with it be also with Troll 2 being, its claim to fame being the best, worst movie ever made, it has to be available on some service somewhere. Yeah, most likely. <clears throat> um, the one, there are a lot of like little indie outlets that still do physical media, like... Um, <laughs> Yep. Uh, what was that? <laughs> that was the noise of the bongo. We're about to have a musical guest, it seems like. And it's not uh, what's-his-name in the uh, Saturday Night Live band. Let's see oh, yep, someone's dressed. Yeah. Someone's yeah. Dra Water means, are you done with it? Yeah, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, well, thank you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Am I putting this up? Are you done with it? Are you wanting it back in your room? It goes right here on the floor, he says. Uh-huh. Oh, he's hijacking the show. It's okay. We we really didn't have a script for this one. We're just kind of freeballing it. <laughs> well, yeah. Nobody wrote the script for this one. They're all on fucking strike. Ah. Uh, As they should be. Yeah. But anywho... um. I'm trying to think of what other random crap I've found there, on YouTube. Like, but there, there's there's a surprisingly good amount of free stuff on YouTube. The Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures cartoons, they're all on YouTube and legitimately on YouTube. Like, they're just being hosted on there for free. Good, because like, you can, if you buy the box set, like, they have a box set that looks like the phone booth. It comes with the movies plus the And the, the animated adventures? Yeah. Nice, nice. I think my Back to the Future set's the same way. It's got the cartoon in it. I know that I know at one point they were supposed to put all of the uh, you remember the animated series, the real Ghostbusters, the one with the 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 one from the movies or the one. Yeah, with the, the one from the movies, not the filmation one, not the filmation with the monkey. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. No, no the movie one. Yeah. Supposedly those were all going to be released on YouTube at one point. Like there was a there was a, a website and everything. When this next. Turn to play. My turn to play. Yeah. Not quite yet, honey. Apparently, I've got to go join a band. Uh, what they ought to do is when the next Ghostbuster movie comes out, what are, what are they calling this one? It's not Afterlife. What are the next one after Afterlife? I think that comes out later this year, if I'm not mistaken. When it comes out and they decide to release, they should release a Ghostbusters collection that looks like the Firehouse. That would be awesome. And they should have Ghostbusters 1 and 2, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, Afterlife, the sequel, and the female one. Yes. All the Ghostbusters in in the firehouse. Um, the they did at one point have the the entire series of the real Ghostbusters and Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. All of that was actually in a firehouse, like the animated firehouse. There we go. They could do it in like one like oh they could make it look like the trap. They did that with the um, Ghostbusters set that they came out with for the last movie. Or the uh, containment unit that they put the trap into. Like that oh, big yeah. Thing. But no, this was the this was the trap. Yeah. Just the ghost trap. What's this thing? I mean, I guess they could do a proton what pack box doing? set. But I, I just oh, feel... Oh, right? Just for the shape, it making it the firehouse. Yeah, there's a cover on the camera on the phone. And there's not. Yeah. That's because it's open now. Yes, it is open now. And is it closed? 
Okay. A lot of directors are really upset with... Um, a lot of the older directors are really upset with Zaslav, like Spielberg and them, because um, they're all big film preservationists. And he's basically gutted Turner Classic Movies, which was one of the big outlets for film preservation. And so that has not gone over well in Hollywood either. Are we just going to... I don't feel like it's fair to call this episode David Zaslav is terrible, but, you know... I think we've already had that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're just... And there's your bongo episode. There's your bongo interview. I don't really know what to call this episode. I guess it's, I guess it's, uh, hey, Hollywood, get your shit together. I'm going to call it interrupting bongos. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting bongos. Interrupting. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think he's bringing every drum out. Yeah. Film preservation, we need that, right? Like. Media preservation in general, because not even, because um, really, honestly, it's not just it's not just movies and TV that are feeling the effect of this. There's a lot of video game. There's a lot of video games that also fall prey to this. Like they just, like if they're they're so and some of the companies are so anti piracy, particularly Nintendo. Nintendo is just Nintendo will throw, you know. Um, copyright lawsuits at fucking anything vaguely re- like if, if you just have like you just mentioned Super Mario and it's like fucking take that down you know like dude I just said Super Mario no fuck you we own it but like um so like any of like the old Nintendo games and stuff like that a lot of a lot of that stuff they try to keep it as tight a hold on as they possibly can it's ridiculous yeah but, but yeah, it's just so there's an argument to be made for video game preservation as well in the piracy realm because ROMs are kind of a way of them doing that. But it's getting harder and harder to download ROMs because the video game companies are attacking it with like the fucking Fire Nation. We're going to take a brief pause here to put instruments back in someone's room. We'll be uh, right back. Well, I think the article that you posted or you shared earlier brought up an interesting point. Is it piracy if there's no other way to access it? Exactly. Is it illegal if, like, I can't legally go I find this movie or this show yeah. or this game? Yeah, I can't legally buy it, so is that technically piracy? If you're not giving me a legit way to purchase said movie... Is it piracy or is that I think just, that's a I think that's a good question. I, I think, think it's just capitalism again, man. Someone's just mm-hmm. there's a there's a vacuum. Yeah. It's it's a valid question. For example, we create a vacuum and then we fill that vacuum. Mm-hmm. As popular war advances, peace is closer. True. <laughs> Thank you, Axel. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting thing, because like that was the big, like, the big problem, like Napster, right? Like, oh, we're downloading all of Metallica's lot catalog. That's potentially taking money from the artists. Yeah, but you can't say that now yeah. because you took it away so that I can't buy it. So yeah, so nobody's gonna get paid. You're like yeah, no one's gonna get paid. Like, you're not paying your artists any residuals because you took it off of streaming. So if I'm pirating it, they're not gonna make any money anyway. Yeah, there's there's no loss. 
Like, yeah, there's net loss. Nothing. So. So you can't make that argument. So I think all these bootleg people are going to find themselves. A very good lawyer. I think they're going to find themselves defined as legit business now. Like that too. But I would also hire a very good lawyer because there's a case to be made here somewhere. I feel. Yeah. I think this is an interesting possible legal precedent. If it if it were to like say say for example, let's see, what's one of the things that Disney Plus took off? Um Willow. Willow. There's that's a good example. The Willow series. Someone starts pirating that and putting it on Blu-ray and selling it. And Disney and Disney tries to attack them, like, hey, you can't sell that. That's unauthorized. And like, well, bitch, we can't find it anywhere, so tough titty. I got an idea. This is my loophole. Don't sell it. Oh, give, yeah, no, give it away for free. Give it away for free. Because then you but can't. They can, but encourage the um, the recipient to provide a monetary donation. Gratuity. There you go. So you're not selling the product. You're giving them the product, and they just happen to give you money back. Actually, what would be <clears throat> what would be real great is if... If they were to sell it, if they were if they were to sell it, and all the proceeds went straight to the people who made the Willow series, and not find to a way Disney to do at that. all, you could find a way to do that. That'd be hilarious. So uh, I was telling you earlier, I, was, I listened to Beyond the Wand, mm-hmm. Tom Felton's book. Hi, buddy. Hi. He talks about working with Warwick. Yeah. This is a go-go squeeze. Current sponsor. Give me five. This has a blend of apple, mango, strawberry, peach, and banana. They're tasty. He is addicted to these green pouches. I'm also just like mainline them like an IV. Also call me five. Yeah, it's a give me five. It's it's like the one standing on the stage. Yes. Sorry, I had to burp. Uh, but he tells a story about Warwick Davis because. He has a... Oh, yeah. He was a professor... He was a couple... He was he was one of the things at Gringotts, one of the bankers, and he was... Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he was... Professor Flitwick or something Flitwick, like that. Flitwick, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't get around the fastest, mm-hmm. so he has a modified, like, Segway. Oh, cool. And because it's modified, it just says, like... Eggway or something like it's like it's cut off. Oh, <laughs> but because it, it's not a full tall. But he, will, but he will just zoom by people on set on that. And, he, and when you watch like some of the behind the scenes or the making of for Willow, it's it's that's what he's doing. He's just kind of wheeling through the different sets, zipping by. Hey, you do what you gotta do, man. That that dude's been acting for freaking ever since he was like what eleven. Yeah. So, I that's great. I I think that's that's a hilarious story, of just. Warwick Davis just zipping by people. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that would, that would be my preferable way to do that because like, like my, like my friend Pancake said, you know, I would like to support the artists, but if you have no outlet for me to support them, then I don't, you know, then what am I going to do? I don't feel the least bit bad about downloading something that I can't purchase. Yeah. You're not going to let me purchase it. I mean, what? It's not like it's a thing that's illegal to buy. Like, it's not like you're not allowed to go buy music. Right. It's not like they're saying you can't legally go find this. They're saying you can't find this in a official way. Right. 
So someone's going to find a way to give you your Godzilla imports or the way they used to circulate old wrestling tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, um, you remember, um, you remember at old fan conventions like Comic-Con and all the other cons, they, people would have bootlegs, bootleg discs that they made of like old series that you couldn't find, like Invisible Man, shit like that, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's how a friend of mine found some of that, that stuff. That's how, I, that's how I got my DVD copy of Evil Dead the Musical. Was it a horror convention at one of the bootleg booths? Mm-hmm. And these, these people who are making these, man, like I said, they can make a legit business out of it because they're doing Blu-rays. They're doing menus. They're, mm-hmm. they're programming. They're not just like, here's this track one is episode one, track two. They're, they're giving you that full DVD experience with interactive menus yep. and, and graphics. And if there's extra features that they can find somewhere, they'll throw them on there too. Yeah. So th- it's a legit, they're legit making DVDs that are right up with what you're going to buy at Walmart and Target and Best Buy. Yeah. There's uh, like, you know, most of um, all of the new Marvel series on, on Disney. There are zero official releases of them. Like, you know, um, Miss Marvel. um, um, Shit. Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier, Secret Invasion, WandaVision. There are no official releases of them in physical format. And Disney has zero plans to make them available because that that's precisely what they want is they want you to buy into their streaming service. But if you have the threat looming over of at any time, that series can just go away into a Disney vault. Bye bye. You know, then it makes people nervous and it makes them really want a physical copy because they want to be able to watch this show, you know, whenever. So what these bootleggers need to do is they need to form their own sort of union. They need to come together and register like as an industry, make themselves a legit industry, and just start producing DVDs. I don't care if you you make them available on Amazon or whatever, but start, just bring back the physical media. And if you guys, and if they register, like, oh, we're not just bootleggers, now this is... um, save dvds llc <laughs> right <laughs> save the save physical formats.com nah <laughs> yeah right like the, the some of the people who are really like you got people who sell the bootlegs but they someone's made them yeah and some of them are pretty good with computer programming you get them and some graphic artists together to make the menus and, like you're gonna up and, your game and honestly, if you're only charged and if you're only charging enough to on these bootlegs to, you know, get back the money that you the, the time and the money that you spent making them and not to make any profit, then technically, can you actually be sued for it? They, you'd probably have to. Be I mean, you probably can, but I, I don't feel like they have much of a leg to stand you on to prove that you're not making a profit. Yeah, you're not making a profit and you're not taking away from anyone's. Well, there we go. We, we two options just came to mind. We can make bootlegging a church, or we can make it a charity. Bootlegging a charity. Making bootlegging a, a charitable organization. I like it. Donating physical media to the uh, cinephiles of the world. Although if we although if we made it a church, it would have tax write offs. Charities too. Oh, point. Just spitballing ideas here. I'm just making shit up at this point. 
It's, I mean, it's a sound idea. This entire episode is going to get red flagged by all of Hollywood, by all the Hollywood studios. They're going to be like, listen, these motherfuckers, we can't let people hear this shit. (laughs) Oh, well, this is no longer, hey, Hollywood, hire us. It's, hey, Hollywood, blacklist us. (laughs) Hey, I haven't even mentioned Ryan Murphy yet. Oh, well, you might might as well go ahead and go ahead with that. I guess he's that not only was he going to sue somebody, he was going to act. I guess he was alleged that not he was going to sue this strike captain because the strike captain made a statement that uh, Ryan Murphy was going to blacklist people that were picketing his shows. Ah, that's what it was. But that statement was not vetted. Whether or not Ryan Murphy actually said or implied that he would blacklist any of these strikers. And again, that's the problem with 8 million news outlets that half of them are just clickbait bullshit. Like, who has who has all the hours in the day to verify all these fucking sources? Right, well... I can, tell, I can tell almost immediately when I get a news article that I'm like, oh, okay, that's nonsense. But there are some of them that you're like, that seems plausible, that seems believable, let's look at that, you know. But I've I've learned very quickly to figure out which sources are rumor mills and which sources are, like, legitimate info. Ryan Murphy to continue filming American Horror Story Season 12 threatens legal action against Writers Guild. Yeah. Pay your people, Ryan Murphy. Fuck you. And if you're, you're, if you're the uh, people who are, you know, crossing the picket line just so you can get a job, come on. <laughs> yeah, just please don't. These people, re- I'm, I can't stress this enough. Everybody in Hollywood, aside from the actors and directors, needs to be paid better. Everybody. As much money as that industry makes, and you can look at the decadence of the freaking masturbatory award shows, the self-gratification of them just patting each other on the back and the amount of money spent in on tuxedos and red carpets, this and that. That, that, that industry is just stupid rich of making money. But none of it's going to the people who actually make the movies. Yeah. It's for the, pe- the people who wrote them are getting paid, sort of. The directors are getting paid a little better, most, especially in your blockbuster type situations. Your actors definitely getting paid much better. But what about your effects crew, your hair, makeup, Des- sound support, design, yeah. sound design, fucking costume design, your extras? I, I mean, you can't do like, all right, we're going to film ourselves a giant end of movie finale football game. With just the actors on the field, there's only two main actors. Uh, who's going to fill the stadium? A bunch of extras, or we're going to digitize them? And either way, you'd need to shell out some money for something. Yeah. So your extras ought to get paid probably because otherwise better. you're just going to have two dudes standing in a giant football stadium looking dumb. Yep. Like there's a whole bunch of moving parts that make a movie happen. Yeah. And they all should get paid well. I'm not saying that 
No, you don't need another go-go squeeze. I'm not saying that your A-list actors who are going to be the ones to get the eyes, go see the movie, don't deserve getting paid more than the key grip. But the key grip shouldn't be making minimum wage. <laughs> right, exactly. Best boy, the lighting crew, the craft services, the people who keep those fuckers fed. I mean, this this is a this is definitely a hill I intend to die on. I'm these people deserve more money. Point pure and simple. And nobody accounted for the boom of streaming in all these contracts, which is the main which is the main thing that they're striking about. And you, all of those contracts need to be updated and reflect for the times that we are currently in. This is, this is the time of streaming. Just like there was the time of Blu-rays, the time of DVDs, the time of videos, video cassettes. It, you, you have to reflect, you have to reflect your contracts and everything to align with the current, uh, the current, um, media situation I mean it just it just make it it's not unreasonable it there's nothing unreasonable about that there's not you, I mean oh these sorry. studios these studios just had a loophole because streaming wasn't a thing back then when they designed all these contracts yeah. and now that streaming's a huge thing all of a sudden they don't want to pay anybody anything and it's just not fair. Period. No. How dare people expect to make a living? Yeah. <laughs> and not just like survive, not this, you know, make ends meet every month, paycheck to paycheck, like be able to actually fucking live. And I, I think part of part of the reticence of studios to give in to these demands right now is because they're currently very, very concerned about Holly, you know, the, the Wall Street part of all of this, you know, how much money, because they, they threw an insane amount of money at starting up all these streaming services, and it takes a while to make back all that profit. It takes a while to make all that back and turn into profit. How much, how much in debt was Warner Brothers, like, beforehand, you know, when they merged into Warner Discovery? It was like, what, three billion dollars i think that david zaslov had to come up with to cut down so i mean i i get that they're worried about i get that they're worried about the the bottom line of you know financial ins and outs i get that but by the same token you can't get you're not going to get any profits if you don't if you don't, you know, if everything's brought to a standstill and you have no content to put out. Yeah. I mean, really, isn't it pain? It's better to keep your workers happy and, you know, keep the content coming so you can pay your bills. Don't, they, don't you consider paying your employees as part of the business expense? Like, isn't that something that would help? If you're paying your people better, wouldn't that help your books look like less let me just throw giant wads of money at stupid shit i think what's <clears throat> i think the thing that's really i think the thing that's really really scummy about all this is that you can take a 90 million project like batgirl where these people 
these people put time and effort into this film and everything, and it just got it just got wiped from the face of the earth. Never see the light of it. Actually, that's not even. I think a worse. I think even far even worse is something that's been on a streaming service for literally twenty eight days, and all of a sudden it's just wiped from existence because we can use it as a tax write off. Yeah. Like that's even more horrible, honestly. Not, not just because not just because that piece of media isn't yeah isn't being preserved, but because people worked on that piece of media and like yeah I'm sure they were paid for their you know money and everything, but now they have no chance to get any kind of residuals or anything like that. Like, which they were probably you know they had probably accounted for when they were making it. And all of a sudden, oh, well, there goes that paycheck. That's no longer available. Yeah. And it's not like you can put it on a resume. I mean, you can still put it on your resume, but it's not like somebody can go like, oh, you were the second AD on Crater. Well, let's see how that looks. Oh, well. Oh, fuck. I can't. Yeah, exactly. Do you happen to have a bootleg of that I can borrow? To look at, to look at how you shot stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just... I don't know. Crater, I remember I was going to watch that, but then I went to watch it was gone. Yep. Because, you know, it wasn't there long enough to find its fucking audience. Yep. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer there's an audience out there for most anything. I mean, You just have to give the audience time to find it. I mean, if anything, the porn industry on the internet proves that. Oh, that's, yeah, it's a whole different audience. But I mean, I'm talking about—I'm <laughs> just referring to in general cult classics. Yes. Like, just Rocky Horror didn't do great theater-wise, but found its audience. Took it some time. Clue bombed at the office. Clue bombed at the box office, and it's got a huge cult following. Yeah, now. take it hits it, normally when it hits VHS, it, it finds its audience because people went to the video store and went. Clue? They made a movie about this board game? What mm-hmm. the hell is this thing? Oh my god, this is hilarious. And um, another one too, Empire Records also did not do well at the box office and and gained a cult following once it hit DVDs and VHS. Yeah. Because it had the unfortunate timing to come out like in the same era as like Clueless and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so people, you know, just kind of missed the boat on seeing it in theaters. Yeah, and like we mentioned Super Mario probably going to hit cult classic at a certain some point i don't think it's there yet because i gonna have it's not like i see a whole lot of people even at my random conventions dressed as those guys god that'd be fucking hilarious but they had they had a toy line i had some of the toys like Mm -hmm. so yeah but you got those cult repo the genetic opera has a has a cult following yep so i and that's the benefit. That's another benefit of physical media. That that blockbuster. You know, we didn't care who you shared it with, as long as you brought it back on time. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of physical media. From video stores, is you and your friends could go up and like rent some of the schlockiest horror movies that you're not going to be able to watch yeah. on TV somewhere. And. And then that becomes a thing. Like, yeah, let's like, all let's all get together. And get everybody drunk and has watch. A, everybody has a viewing party, or like, or let's like, go watch or, critters. Like, yeah, or like, or like, their or word of mouth. Like, dude, did you see so and such, such and such? No, but I, I I need to check that out now. That you now that you talk about it, like, Cocaine Bear, I think would be a great example. I had 
Like, I was vaguely interested in seeing it in theaters, but I was definitely going to watch it as soon as it hit streaming. And I absolutely did, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Like, Cocaine Bear is a good success story. Because that's a film that, on paper, really shouldn't have made that much money. And it did surprisingly well. Right. And that's another... Again, imagine if there was, like, DVDs of that out that would be getting circulated. Well, actually, I think Cocaine Bear actually is getting like like the bigger ones. Yeah, the, but I the mean, bigger like, movies like but back that, in the day, they are getting had, official releases. Before we had streaming, it's it would have been I'm not going to go pay in the theater, but I'll I'll go spend five bucks to rent it at Family Video or right. something. And then it'd be like I've got this for three days. You watch it day one, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. All right, everybody, come over tomorrow night. We're watching this again. You're going to experience the you beauty gotta, of you Cocaine gotta Bear. You got to see this with us. Yeah. And you're like, I've got for one more day. Who didn't come over the last time? And right. you start like, yeah. <laughs> watch this and just make sure you get it the family video tomorrow by midnight. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they, they don't care who returns it, just so long as it gets yeah, returned. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're going to get it there late, you pay the late fee. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. now here's an interesting question. Okay, so. Warner Brothers has had a string of flops, one right after the other. Flops, not necessarily in the critical sense, but definitely in the financial sense. Which is all they care about. Yes. So, in the ongoing saga that (laughs) has become just some of the weirdest shit that I've ever read on fucking, out out of the Hollywood, out of the Hollywood news articles... Okay, because let's see, Flash didn't do well. The it underperformed really bad at the box office. Um, Shazam performed underperformed really bad at the box office. Now, to be fair, I feel like all of these, all of the Warner Brothers films, they're all going to under the 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 ones that are still coming out. They're all going to underperform until James until the James Gunn part takes over and kicks in. Which apparently, because, Blue Beetle is supposed to be a part of the James Gunn stuff. Really? He says it is. Okay. Even though I think it was done before he took the helm, I think he's kind of just kind of grandfathered it into what he's doing. Okay. But, like, the new Aquaman won't. No. And so, like, all of those films are basically kind of dead on arrival, even though they're still putting them out. And so that's kind of a, that's kind of a special... That's kind of a special circumstance, but like other stuff that uh, Warner Brothers has put out recently has not done well. Um, Trying to think of what the hell else they put out here recently. Let me look. Warner Brothers. Let's see. Oh, shit. Releases. I wish I could type better. Hey, come on. Listen, we have... uh, You're better than this. Come on. Creed 3. Evil Dead Rise. Okay, Creed 3 did do good. Barbie, which isn't out yet. Wonka. Is that one going to do any good in theaters, really? I'm very skeptical about that film. I mean, they've got why that Timothy Chalamet guy, right? As Wonka, yeah. he He looks weird in that. It's, it's Evil fun. Dead Rise didn't do well. Which makes me sad because that's one that I really wanted to do well. But it was also a film that I was going to wait and specifically buy it because I knew I was going to own that film. Um, Dune Part 2 will probably do at least okay. The Meg 2 has a possibility of being a flop. 
Magic Mike's Last Dance probably just did okay. The Nun 2 probably did all right. Barbie is the big question mark in all of this. Is it going that, is it going to be a flop or is it going to be a big sleeper hit? I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. It looks bonkers stupid. It really does. But then I watched a brief thing, not like it was like a 30 second video and they're talking to Margot about it and she said that it's fun because it's it's basically it is it's almost like Lego the movie from what I yeah, gather. That's that's what it looks like to me. And now because it's original, like she the, takes a shower, there's no water. Whenever mm-hmm. she wakes up, the outfit she's going to wear is just magically hanging there. She gets out of bed, perfectly starched iron clothes. Mm-hmm. And when she leaves her dream house to go down to her car, she doesn't walk down the stairs. She floats. Yep. Because when you're playing with your Barbies, they don't walk. They don't walk you, down you, the stairs. You, you, you just, just pick her up, pick and put up her down and, by the yeah. car. So I'm like, oh, so they're they're going Lego movie with this, but live action. Right. And then you see Will Ferrell's in it. I'm like, they're definitely going Lego movies. That's 100% what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Gosling looks, I think he's going to be the most hilarious part because they're like, the one preview I see is like, It's so funny because you, I I associate Ryan Gosling with like Oscar caliber actor. And to see him doing something like this, it's like, number one, he's got a tremendous sense of humor. Because he really, he actually does. If you've ever seen him in interviews and whatnot. Specifically, Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. He's fucking hilarious whenever they whenever they pull that shit on him. But anyway, number two, he's like the the one person you wouldn't expect in this role, but looks to be perfect for it. But the original the original previews I saw for it, it looked like they hadn't figured out their marketing yet. And because it was just like, what the fuck is this movie even going to be? What the hell is this? But now that we have a clearer picture from the actual trailer, I'm a little more on board with it. I'm like, okay, I see what they're getting. At. I will not go to a theater to see it, but it might be one of those like. It's something that I will probably eventually check out. Yeah, yes. it'll be like nothing else is on. Let's watch Barbie. Let's see what this is about. Let's, so I, at the bar, my expectation will be Cocaine Bear Low. Right. And maybe it will also meet the Cocaine Bear expectations of just bonkers enough to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, the the preview I keep seeing is like they're in a boardroom or whatever, and Will Ferrell's like. Ken is not something we're worried about ever. And then he just, he looks so like, he's just like, what? Like he's vapid. He's, he's it's so great. The, the, the part, the part he is the arm candy of the movie. And Margot seems to be the one that has a more of a brain. Yeah. It's great. And it's, the, the, the part in the preview that made me laugh the most is the part where he's like, He's at a hospital and he's he's trying to tell them, oh, I'm a doctor. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I'm a doctor. And I'm also this, this, this. And they're like, what? <laughs> because Ken is basically anything. He's whatever function you need him to be in a fucking. There's yeah. Dr. Ken. There's race car driver Ken. There's, you know. Yep. Architect Ken. I don't fucking know. Dude, there's bro, a frat boy Ken. So, I mean. Pro hypnol Ken. Oh, God. No. Um, but, yeah, it's just. And it's so funny because he just. He like doesn't like what they're saying just doesn't even register to him. He's just like, oh, that's fine. You know, just like he just like he's just going to waltz through life like it's everything's fine. Yeah, I feel like at some point there's going to be a fourth wall break and we realize this really is just kids playing with dolls. I think so. Which even if I see that coming a mile away, does not is not going to make it less funny. No, it's not. Because then I'll be like, now I understand why they made a Barbie live action movie. 
Right. I get it. Because it's it's the Lego movie turned over. Yeah, exactly. But what would be funnier is if they cut to your fourth wall break and it's the dolls playing with toys. Because remember in Lego, it's real people playing with Legos. Yeah. This should be dolls playing with real people. <laughs> be creepy. Be weird. And, unless they're going to go Clash of the Titans with it and it's like freaking gods playing with claymation. I mean, maybe. But <laughs> but yeah, I didn't I didn't have a lot of expectations for that film, but now I kind of think it might actually do well at the box office. I think it'll be a sleeper hit. I, I think, think so too. Be. Because now cuz I what's going to suck is if it doesn't. Because Warner Brothers is <laughs> is just not having a good year at the box office. Yeah, up. I I feel like though considering who's like one of the major the producer of it is Margot think Warner Brothers is going to want to cross her. <laughs> no. But here's um but here's the fun part now that this is all circled back around because, you know, Warner Brothers has taken HBO Max, cannibalized the HBO part out of it and has just rebranded it as a Max, thinking that nobody gives a shit about the HBO brand. However, in an ironic twist of fate, now they're taking old HBO shows and licensing them to Netflix, which they never used to do before. And it's and that shows you how bad they fucking need money. They're licensing their own shit to their competition. Like, I read that and my head hurt for like five days. You know, here's why I would... If, if I were in David's shoes or even the team, he's like, go make Max uh, a successful streaming thing. Just go, go do it. Just make me money. I would have a whole sec because HBO and Cinemax, same company. That's why it's HBO Max. Right. And now it's just Max, which I'm like, so that's just, we're just Cinemax now, essentially. I would have a section on the, the little bar and it would be Skinemax. <laughs> and it would be all of those titles and shows and movies from Cinemax After Dark. It would be, I would just call it the Skinemax section. You know, with a parental lock, you have to enter a pin. I'm not about like they when they did the um, when they when they went to the HBO Max streaming, all of the old shit like real sex and all that shit, all that shit vanished. Like I don't know where to find it now. That's where I I would put it right. I I wouldn't have got rid of that because that'll make you money. <laughs> yeah, it will. And and the thing of it is, it's. Like the like with the real sex documentaries, I don't even watch those for the porn aspect. I watch those because they're fucking interesting. There's 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 education in that. Yeah, because like, it's real sex. It's not just talking about like, oh, here, watch a bunch of naked people running around. There's, let's go explore this culture. Let's go talk right. about this. Look at what they're doing in this industry. Like, now they do still have they um on the Showtime, on the Showtime streaming app, they do still have uh actual porn films on that. Well, I figured because under it's, the after hours because it's hoe time, yeah. But but I miss I I miss interesting shit like that because I'll I'm a nut for documentaries. I watch that shit all day long. I don't care. Yeah, and some of that shit's really fascinating to me. Speaking of things that I find fascinating, um, I know we were talking about Ryan Murphy, and granted, I don't want Ryan Murphy to do this, but I listened to an excellent audiobook recently. That was because um, it was rec- it was recommended by I, I it got recommended to me because I was listening to an episode of Behind the Bastards, 
which is an excellent podcast. If you don't listen to us, at least listen to that because it's really good, really informative, and really fucked up. It's basically they take a different terrible person in history and talk to you about, and they, they kind of go into detail about how that person became so horrible and the repercussions of them being so horrible and things like that, but in a funny way because it's by one of the guys that used to work on crack.com. But anyway, um, the one, the one thing, uh, one of the episodes that he did was, um, he did an episode about, um, the history of concentration camps. And from that, I got recommended a book about, um, the rise and fall of the of the Weimar Republic that was, basically Germany in between the two world wars. And it's really interesting to see how Germany went from like this bastion of like uber liberalism to like all of a sudden fucking Nazis, like how the Nazis rose to power and everything. It, it's a very fascinating tale. It's like the audiobook, just for the record is like almost 12 hours long. So if you do check it out, you're in for a long ride. Uh, the audiobook itself is called The Death of Democracy. And I think that film would make an excellent historical uh, series, like a live action, you know, mini series of some sort. I mean, I, you know, what would back in the day, HBO would have done that. Right. <clears throat> we can't find Band of Brothers on there now. So. Well, Band of Brothers has gone to Netflix. That's why. <laughs> See, sir, it all circles around, kids. Uh, anyway, but but yeah, I the more I listened to that, the more I was thinking, man, this would be an excellent miniseries. Like if you were just to do like do it like do it like the American horror story thing, like where like it's you know well not not like American horror story, but like the um just like a standalone series in and of itself where it's only like a season or two. Yeah, just like, enough to just enough to tell that entire story we, we, of, yeah, we start that window with, of time. We start with the aftermath of World War One, Right. And, and you, then you end with you the end founding with, of the Nazi party. <laughs> yeah, you end with like the lo- the Night of Long Knives or whatever or some other pivotal event in where the Nazis fully grab power and just take it. Because from there, we know what happens. Yeah. It's this, it's this gap that we're really interested in. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's wild because like, in that time, they like they actually this is something I did not know and something I told something I told my kids because I was I was flabbergasted when I found out. Apparently in 20s Germany, there were the um there was a very big LGBTQ and they actually did transgender studies. But of course those were the, the those were some of the very first books that got burned when the Nazis did their book burning because they ain't, they ain't about the gay life. I think we're done with this. Despite what, despite, you know, all their matching, matching uniforms and whatnot. Yeah. Right. And the leather and the tight tall boots. Yeah. So, I mean, it would make a fascinating TV series. I, I would a hundred percent produce it and help write it. It would be so good, but just straight up based off of that book. And just tell the stories of all those actual people. And maybe have some epilogue bits. Hey Spielberg, I got another Schindler's List for you. Seriously. 
It's Spielberg would be actually one of the first people I'd talk to about. Hey, have you ever thought of doing this? Because seriously, this is very this is a very interesting time in human history. Do I shoot in black and white? Have at it. Thing. Whatever. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it could because I mean you could um. You know you could. There was the there was the TV there was the movie on HBO the um the plot against America. And you see, I think it would fall right in with that. It would go, it would go really well. Yeah. Well, Audacity is starting to like really freeze up a lot. Yeah, and I'm really hoping they captured all of this, but in the off chance they didn't, maybe we should just cut our losses. Yeah, I'm gonna say, hey, Hollywood, once you get your shit together, hire us to do that at least. <laughs>